0: for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that.
1: Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
2: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
0: Hi there. just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Welcome to the podcast. She is Fab, where we discuss all things Fab, women empowerment, and live coaching. My name is Evelyn, also known as the Fab Chief Desk, and I am a mindset transformation coach. Welcome to another episode of the She Is Fab podcast. My name is Evelyn, your host, mindset transformation coach, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to Trisha Daiga. Trisha is an intuitive empath coach, Reiki master, best-selling author, teacher, and speaker. Her mission is to help other empath coaches and healers go from emotional overwhelm to learning how to manage their own energy so they can be more visible and enjoy inner peace. Welcome, Tricia. Thank you so much for having me.
2: You're welcome.
0: I'm so excited for the conversation today.
2: Mm, Me too. Me too. So
0: tell us more about
2: you and what you do. Um, I'm going to start about 10 years ago when... My life was fine. Everything was good. You know, you got to have these like pivotal points in your life where everything just blows up. And my life literally blew up. Um, It was, I actually, when I look back, it started in in September and it was like, all of a sudden I I wasn't feeling anything. I was literally like walking around like a zombie and I was doing you know, just going through my day, I was just, I not, there was no emotion, which for me is odd. And I really, like, I love being around people and I'm kind of like, I was hiding, I was pulling back and I'm like, I I couldn't even say I was depressed.
1: Like Mm -hmm. there was no
2: signs. It was just literally, I was a zombie. And then right around Thanksgiving, the pressure cooker of all the years of hiding emotions and pushing them away and ignoring them came to the forefront. And I was a hot, hysterical, crying, sobbing mess.
0: Oh, no. Like,
2: yes, it was, it would, it literally came out of the blue and I, I just start to cry. And my husband may be like, what happened? What's going like, you know, what happened? What, you know? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, what do you mean you don't know? And I'm like, I don't know. I was overwhelmed. I was exhausted. And then all the emotions just all decided they were going to come up. And it was like a constant wave one after the other, after the other. And this went on all the way through the new year. So I was hiding. Mm -hmm. I was, um, I would be at work. I would run into the Cuba, into the bathrooms and just silently this tears would just fall. And I remember like one day just saying, and I'm, this is not my proudest moment, but I remember saying, "I, I can't do this anymore. Like I was anxious, depressed, sad. It was like just completely, utterly overwhelmed day in and day out. And the sobbing got so bad that I actually started to hide it from my husband because I couldn't explain it. Like he would say, what happened? What's wrong? And then finally he's like, I'm getting nervous here that, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not, it's us. It's, you know, what's going on. And I was like, it's not, it's got nothing to do with you. I, I can't even put into words, I couldn't even Mm -hmm. understand it myself. So I couldn't explain it to somebody else. So I finally just said one night, I'm like, listen, I was talking to the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. And I just basically said, I'm done. Like I'm done. I'm done with this. Um, If you can't help me figure this out, then I would be very happy to just let go in the middle of the night. Like, Just take me because this is not living. If this is how my life is going to be for the rest of my life, we're not doing Mm -hmm. this. I don't want to do this. Um, and I just remember saying, you know, I'll, I'll happily, you know, die in my sleep right now because this Mine. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And the next morning I woke up and I was like, all right, so help me. Like, th- there's got to be something going on. And, you know, we're so afraid to ask for help. We're so afraid mm-hmm. that we're going to look bad. We're so afraid that, you know, you know, if I ask for help, how am I going to be perceived? Or I don't want to bother anybody or I don't mm-hmm. want to trouble somebody with my problems. But at this point I was done. I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> so I just said, I just said to the, you know, I, I laugh now, but it, then it was like so heartbreaking for me. And I just remember saying, please, you know, and I had random people on Facebook reach out to me and they're like, you've, where have you been? What's going on? And somebody said, please contact me. I was told I, I have a, a something to tell you. And I'm like, that's random and odd. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I remember calling her and she said, uh, I have a message to pass along that you're an empath. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) And I was like, I had no idea 10 years ago what an empath was. I had no idea you know, what was going on. And I had a great conversation w- with this friend of mine and I got off the phone and I told my husband and I'm like, I'm done. Need to go to bed. You know, he woke me up like, at six o'clock the next morning, five thirty, some like ridiculous morning on a Saturday. And he's like, no, no, no. You need to get up. And I booked Mark a ton of information that you need to read.
0: Mm-hmm. I was
2: like, okay. He goes, you, this is you to a T. He goes, this is you. This has always been you. And then when I started to read, I went, oh my God, this makes sense. Being so oversensitive, knowing things that you're not supposed to know, or, you know, feeling things that you're like you knew was going to happen, or you understood somebody at a deeper level, or, you know, things made sense to me. Like I remember going to Disneyland um, in Florida, or is it Disney? Disneyland, I think it is and uh with my family and I was in seventh grade and mm-hmm. I cried every day I was overwhelmed mm-hmm. I cried I was miserable and my parents were like what is the matter with you why would you be crying you're on this great vacation you should be happy and I was mm-hmm. miserable and then I also went and looked back even further that every start of the new year school year from when I was in fourth, fifth grade. I would cry and be afraid of death. And this happened all the way up until maybe 12th grade, 11th grade. I, I, Mm -hmm. you know, I I went, wow, I understand all of that. I understand that I was feeling somebody else's stuff. I understand Mm -hmm. like so many things made sense in that moment. You know, that pivotal moment, we go through tremendous breakdowns before we go through tremendous breakthroughs. So to me, this was, this was huge. So I was like, okay. So I went, what do I do with this information? How do I deal with this on a day-to-day basis without melting down every five minutes?
0: (laughs) 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 Right. So it's interesting because you talked about these various moments where you had this overwhelm of emotion. And so that outpouring happened Uh, and you started off saying that for a moment, you were unfeeling, you were emotionless. Did you find that these other periods you had that same occurrence that you were emotionless before having this outpouring? Um,
2: I have spoken to several empaths who will say to me, I'm not feeling anything. And that like immediately takes me back to, Oh my God. And I immediately start asking the questions. What are you resisting? What are Mm -hmm. you pushing down? Because when we get to that point where we're completely emotionless, that pressure cooker is going to explode. And Mm -hmm. all of those emotions that we, you know, I I was always told stop being so sensitive, you know, grow up, get a backbone. It was not something looked at as a positive. It was always a negative You know, that was Mm -hmm. kids, you know, student, you know, schools, teachers, they, they could not understand it. So for me to function, I had to push that down and push it away. And when these Mm -hmm. things would start to bubble up, I'd be like, no, I would make sure I was busy. I would be, uh, when I look back now, I was like the, the notorious people pleaser. Yes, girl, to make sure I was constantly busy and I wasn't feeling all of these things. Mm. So when, when I've, I've had several clients say to me, you know, I'm not feeling anything and I'm like, okay, we need to start grounding the energy. We need to start allowing this to slowly come up and be released. Because if you don't do that, the end result is going to be that influx of all these emotions that are going to be pouring out because they need to be dealt with. Mm. And then on, on top of that, if we continue to ignore ourselves and our bodies and these emotions, it manifests physically. You will get some mm-hmm. kind of illness. And mm-hmm. I have had some really weird wonky illnesses in my life that as I again, look back, I'm like, well, that was a sign and I just ignored it and went to the doctors and took the pills and, and whatever, anything they said to heal myself without actually looking mm-hmm. at the deeper underlying causes. So, um, Yes,
0: <laughs> it, it does. I. Yeah, no. That's that's important. I actually. This reminds me of, of a story, a, a personal experience that I had. So, with my family, the way that I grew up in my household, uh, expressing emotion was not something that uh, was common or even mm-hmm. taught. So, a lot of us would withhold uh, showing emotion, showing affection. Uh, my stepfather, who I consider my father because he raised me. He got to a point in life where he was severely sick, uh, about to, you know, pass away. I was called to the hospital. I refused to go. Uh, he passed away, had his funeral. I refused to go. And during that period, I was, like you said, emotionless. I refused to process anything of what was happening. And then it wasn't until years later, I would say maybe two or three years where I was just talking about, you know, my father figure and remembered him remembered um, the funeral, remembered his sickness and, and oh, I'm getting emotional and not being there. This outpouring of emotion, all of the, yeah. the feelings I withheld, like I cried for weeks. So I can definitely understand in some sense, you know, What an empath feels like, obviously your day to day, you're already dealing with emotions and to add on top of that, everybody else's emotions. That's quite a lot.
2: Yeah. And it's not just emotions. You know, people are like, oh, an empath feels emotions. You feel thing. You pick things up physically. You pick things up mentally. You pick things up collectively. And now when I say collectively, that is prime example, our quarantine, our pandemic, that's a worldwide, uh, you know, feelings of fear and uncertainty that w- was going on. So that was tremendous. Um, but then it's also things like earthquakes and hurricanes and fires. And these things when, you know, I was uh, it was about two three in the morning back a couple of years ago, where I woke up, sat straight up in bed, and I was utterly terrified, terrified, couldn't breathe terrified. And I knew immediately, and I'm going to share this tool in a moment because my tool came up. So I knew something happened that was horrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw my collective symbol, and I was able to bring my my anxiety levels from way up in hundreds. <laughs> all the way down so i could relax and go back to sleep and i remember the next day i'm like let me i'm not a big news person at all mm-hmm. um so i went online to see what happened i'm like what event happened last night that was i know, i think terrifying i said "Or what happened earthwise and i found out that there was um volcanic eruptions or is it earthquake I'm sorry. I do not remember in Italy where it was a really big event and people passed away. And it was like, people were horrified and terrified. And, um, I was like, Oh my God. So, wow. it, it, you know, these things people don't expect, you know, people are like, I'm home, I'm safe. And I hate to tell you, but emotions are energy in motion. They're going to go through the fall walls of your house. And I learned that, you know, firsthand, where, um, when, when all of this started happening, I remember walking around one day, I'm like, I'm really anxious. I'm uptight. I'm tense. And my husband was watching me at this point and he knew everything. And he's like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: hold up a second. And I'm like, what? And he opens the window. He goes, that's what you're feeling. And outside our neighbor and his son was screaming, they had a screaming match. It was like this huge blowout in their driveway. <laughs> wow. And I, I was like, oh my God. So I was like, I need to figure out ways, better ways to handle this. So that's amazing.
0: Like you, not only are you feeling and processing things that are local and near you, but such a great distance, Italy to wake up that way and then find out the next day that you are feeling this because of this event that is not local to
2: you. No, no, no. So, you know, for empaths, I mean, um, one of the tools that I do use is an empath symbol, and I use it for emotions and I use it for collective energies. And if you're just starting out, I would just love for you to just pick one, just pick for emotions, you know, and I mine is a bear. I happen to just love large animals. It can be instruments, animals, mammals, fish, um, places, just something you like, you know, don't, People get so stuck in their their heads of it's got to look this certain way. No, just pick something you like (laughs) and just ground your energy. Do a little meditation in the morning and ask the universe to show you your empath symbol when what you're feeling does not belong to you. Mm. And when I first started using it, I saw it 95% of the time. and, And at first I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Like I, I thought it was me, you know, I'm like, no, this is, so I remember I went into Best Buy and my husband was with me and it was late at night and he could, he was watching the change in me and we walk in and he starts to laugh and he goes, look at the TVs. And on every TV, there was a bear. (laughs) So (laughs) I was like, I didn't trust myself. I, Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I didn't trust what I was seeing. So I said to the universe, I'm like, prove it to me. And this woman walked right by in front of me saying, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. And I started to laugh and my anxiety <laughs> levels went down and I was like, oh my God. And the first few months I saw my bear, like the universe has such inventive waves to send it to you. It is random emails with bears in it, you know, random (laughs) scrolls. It's on uh, social media. It's on TV. It's on commercials, you know, people talking about bears. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just, if you're open to receiving and start trusting in yourself in the universe, you're going to see your symbol and you're going to trust that what you're getting is the right information. It really is. It does take Mm -hmm. time if you don't trust yourself though.
0: Yeah, I feel like the universe does, you know, put signs out there for us, whether they're opportunities or lessons or things that it wants us to pay attention to. But we're not always looking for those signs. And they could be right in our faces and and, and we'll miss them. Um yes. first of all, I'm so happy to hear that your husband is so supportive uh on this journey. He's, you know, helped you and he's pointed things out to you and, and he's just in your corner. That is amazing. <laughs>
2: Yes. It, it took, it took us a while because this was really draining. It was draining on mm-hmm. both of us. You know, there's only so many times you could see your spouse sobbing hysterical mm-hmm. before you start thinking it's you or there's something else wrong. You know, when you keep getting, I don't know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it, it gets a little tedious and redundant. I mean, we had to have some really hard sit down conversations and I had to learn when I got overwhelmed that I would have a conversation instead of like, what I would do was I would try to cling to him. And mm-hmm. if he had a bad day at work, he would be like running to the other room being like, Oh my God, I need time to recharge. And I can't handle this. And now I would get offended. And we had this like vicious cycle and we finally sat down and he's like, no, 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 we, we have to communicate better. And, and mm-hmm. I would say, I would text him during the day going, yeah, this is not my best day ever. And he would go back. I've had a crappy day at work. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I would know that when he came home, he needed his time to unwind. And I needed to find another Mm -hmm. outlet to unwind and to release this energy. So that when later on we came together, he was there for me and was able to give me what I needed. And I was able to give him what he needed. So that, that, you know, I I talked to several people who say, you know, my husband doesn't understand. And it's like, you ever sat down and and had a real heart to heart, vulnerable conversation that may, you know, embarrass you or make you vulnerable. Those aren't nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're not. um... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, something else too, like when
0: it comes to communication, you know, whether it's with friends, family, or your partner, communication is one aspect of it. But there's the understanding and comprehension. If the understanding and comprehension is missing, you're actually not communicating fully. So understanding Mm -hmm. how each individual processes and does their intake of information is important for uh, communication. Uh, Side note, guys, for those of you that are listening, if you're not planning to go to the YouTube, I recommend to go to YouTube and watch the video because Trisha has an amazing background that is all nature-themed, and I feel like it really fits what she's about as an empath. Cause I believe that nature is another means, another connection to that emotion,
2: to the feeling, to the energy. It, it is it, it, nature is a bomb to the empath soul. It's like you get overwhelmed and you know, you've got this tool telling you what it is, but you also need to ground your energy every day. And that is being outside in nature or Mm -hmm. using grounding visualizations, or as I love to always show, my grounding bowl. And basically that is sand in a bowl with some shells and some crystals. And I put my hands in it when, when I can't get outside because the weather is crappy or I'm on the phone with a client and I can't leave my desk right now, you know, I love helping empath business owners and I'm like, make yourself a grounding bowl right next to you. So if you get overwhelmed or you're picking up your clients, you know, energies play with the bowl while you're on the phone. Like I'm all about quick and easy because I want to get back to my life. I don't want to be stuck like a deer in those headlights going, Oh my God, what's going on? You know, is this mine? Is this not mine? And you know, like you said earlier, We need to pay attention to the signs the universe gives us. And if we wake up and we do not have some type of ritual to start our day and we just jump into action and then we become that hamster wheel, the hamster on that wheel, we miss the signs. And not only do we miss the signs, we become exhausted we are drained we pick everything up because we're not paying attention to what our bodies are telling us. We're not paying attention to the signs the universe is giving us. And we're just rushing to the next thing. Got to get it done. Got to get it done. I'm busy. I'm this, I'm that. And those are the days that self-care and compassion and self-love need to be even higher. Because you're like, I didn't even follow any of my tools. I didn't do any of my rituals. And I just started my day and ran. So uh, those days, like something like an Epsom salt bath at the end of the day would be great. You know, clear out the energies that way. There are, like earlier I was saying, empaths pick things up mentally and physically. You can actually be in somebody's energy or not. And all of a sudden... The flick of a switch and you're tired or you have a headache or you've picked up some ache or pain in your body and it's like, wow, that's weird. Where did that come from? So when you find things like that happening to you, I want you to step back and say, all right, is this really mine? And let it go. If it's not yours, let it go. Don't hold on to it. Don't create stories to make sense out of it. Do not you know, now we're going to go, Oh my God, I've got something wrong with me. When the reality is you just picked it up. I I mean, for a perfect example, I went to work and I was fully rested. I was happy. I was gung ho. I get into, get into work. I sit down five minutes later, I am exhausted and I have a headache. And I'm like, what happened? And then I'm just like, Oh, I guess I need to take some Advil or whatever. And Five seconds later, I hear the, the person next to me going, "I woke up with a really bad headache today and it's just awful, and, and I'm like, "Oh my God, really?" So you can definitely pick things up physically. So if some, you're feeling great one moment or you're happy one moment emotionally, and then you turn, that's a really big trigger for you to say, "What just happened? What am I not aware of that just I took on?" It's really that's a simple thing too.
0: All right. <laughs> so Trisha, at what point, you know, obviously you went through all of this understanding that you're an empath, the physicality, the the emotion, the energy of it, you and your husband worked out, you know, what that was about, why you were having these moments of emotional outpouring and you got that support. But at what point did you transition to want to help other individuals?
2: I was involved in a lot of empath groups. And um, when I first started looking at the groups and getting involved in groups, I was very unhappy still. And I really took it on as a curse. And I remember somebody asked a question in the group and this woman responded. She's like, I am happy. And I love being an empath. And and she just went on and everyone attacked her. And I stopped immediately, friended her on Facebook Left the group, left a majority of groups and started my own group because I was like, Trisha. you know, you definitely have a mindset going on here. And that's when I had to stop and look at my own mindset and clean it up. And then uh, I started um, a group myself because I was like, I want people to understand that you can be happy and be an empath. And it just kind of, from there, I started to help people. I started coaching other empath business owners, you know, because these are all about quick and easy tools and we need to to check in with ourselves because if we're telling ourselves a story, we're creating neural pathways in our brains to say, this is a curse. This is bad. I'm afraid of this. I'm depleted. I have no energy. And that's what we tend to attract more of. And once we start to look at that and create new pathways, we start looking for the gift in it. We start looking for how we're helping people. We start look at looking at. I mean, I had some woman come up to me in the supermarket uh, bottle return. It was full. And my husband uh, and I were doing bottles. And this woman comes up and she tells me this whole, this. it was a really terrible story. And I just looked at her and everybody pretty much stopped doing the bottles and was looking at her. And, she, and, I, and I was like, oh my God, she's just, she just wants to be heard. And I felt what she was feeling. And she touched my arm and said, thank you so much for listening to me. I feel so much better. And she left. And people were like, does that happen to you all the time? And I'm like, yeah, it does, actually. People, just random people come up and tell me their problems, their stories. They share happy. They share sad. They share thoughts. And they walk away and say, thank you. You know, and to me, that's a gift. To me, that Mm -hmm. is helping somebody they don't even understand that I am but they're feeling heard and they're being able to walk, uh, they they walk away and they feel better. They have a lightness to their step. That heaviness that they were feeling is gone or they have a great story to share and they just want somebody Mm -hmm. to listen to them and to appreciate the story with them. So for me, I love that. Like that's a, that's a big gift, you know, helping clients at a deeper level of understanding you can, to actually pick up and say, wow, you know, my client, I could feel their anxiety or I could feel what's going on underneath. And sometimes they don't even understand. So you're able to direct mm-hmm. them towards this. So to me, again, it, it's, it is a gift, but I had to get there. Mm-hmm. I had to write beliefs. Yeah. I had to start looking at, you know, things that I had. And as an empath, you can pick up beliefs and take them on as yours. So (laughs) these beliefs that we've had, we need to to check and say, is this really helping me? Is this really mine? Is this something I would have normally been like, you know, I believed in and if I Mm -hmm. did not go through what I went through. I probably never would have questioned a lot of that's happened to me. And I'm grateful I did.
0: Mm hmm. You know, a lot of coaches get into what they do because of their personal experience, right? Which I think is what also makes them successful. And with you having gone through this process of understanding who you are as an empath, um, with that example, you gave up that Facebook group. You saw a need there. You didn't quite agree with what happened, right? Because everyone's entitled to their emotions or opinions, how they're feeling, so you left the group, you reached out to this person, you made your own group to open up space mm-hmm. for individuals that are similar or wanting to learn more or share more as it relates to, to, being an empath. Uh, so that's great. But on top of that, you talk about people approaching you, mm-hmm. you know, randomly <laughs> in public and sharing information with you. Um, that's similarly why I got into coaching. I also have that experience where folks will just come up to me and they'll share intimate details. And I, for a long time, I was resistant to that. I didn't understand why folks felt the need to share. I was like, is it my personality? Is it my features? Do I look like I'm trusting? Um, and then eventually after hearing feedback from other folks that are close, like, hey, you should be a coach, you should be a therapist or a psychologist, I finally accepted that, that there was a purpose or a reason mm-hmm why folks felt comfortable with sharing what they share. So taking it all back, I think that coaches who come from a place of experience, who have folks that find it easy to communicate and share with them, are those that actually have greater success in a working with their clients.
2: Yes. I, I I agree with you. And I think being an empath to you're feeling what they're feeling. You see, mm-hmm. one of the things is the happier you are as an empath, those emotions flow right through you, but you also can feel them. So if you're talking one-on-one with a client, you're feeling what they're going through. So you're understanding mm-hmm. them at a deeper level too, which to me is, is amazing. So you can help them at a deeper level, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I find, you know, also empath coaches, because they are such people pleasers. You know, a lot of them are people pleasers and the yes people, you know. Mm-hmm they have to step back to create boundaries. They have to step back to learn to say that no, and then understand they're saying yes to themselves in other ways, saying no Mm -hmm. to clients, taking their ideal client. Um, And it's super important. I, I remember speaking to one of my clients and she's like, I'm so depleted at the end of the day. I've got no time for my husband. I've got no time for my kids. And I'm like, well, tell me your day. And she told me she had client after client after client. And I'm like, when did you use the bathroom? She was like, <laughs> I didn't. I went, oh, I said, okay, we've got a problem. Because mm-hmm. here you're telling me you put everybody else's needs above your own. You did mm-hmm. not feel worthy enough to give yourself even five minutes between clients. I said, so now we have to step back and we're going to do 15 minutes between clients. 15 minutes gives you a bathroom break, gives you something to eat, gives you time to, and I love water, wash your hands off with the intention of just releasing that energy or Mm -hmm. putting on a YouTube with, let's say a fireplace or a scenic scene, you know, waterfalls, forest scenes, listening to birds, all of these things help empaths really calm down and ground into nature. Mm-hmm. So there's just like a lot of little tweaks people can do immediately. And when they're looking at themselves and one other mm-hmm. tool, I'd love to share because again, it's quick and easy is when I do my morning routine, I ground my energy into the earth and I imagine my heart centers open and that there's a gentle breeze coming through it all day long. Clearing out anything that does not belong to me. So if I pick something up and may not realize it, there's just this breeze, just letting it go. And it goes straight back to the earth or the universe. Who handles that? Who takes care of that? Who clears that energy as it is being passed through an empath?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You made a good point there when you talked about, you know, caring for the self and putting yourself as a priority, but also the boundaries, right? Setting healthy boundaries is a form of self-care. There was something you, you, you talked about earlier in regards to, you know, when your husband was having his day where he needed a little more time to process before being able to help you or deal with what you were going through. And I think, you know, that's, and awareness that we have to develop is before you reach out to someone before you share anything you have going on or i don't want to use the word burden but when you're sharing certain things you're essentially offloading onto someone mm-hmm. else you want to make sure that you ask that person if they have the space
2: mm-hmm.
0: to take that in because you know my whole thing is do no harm right and that's do no harm in all aspects of my life. And that means also ensuring that who I'm sharing with, who I'm offloading emotion or any issues, or even if I'm seeking guidance or counseling, that they have the space. And if they don't, that's okay. You're looking out not just for your interest, but for their interest as well.
2: And that's an amazing point that you, you brought up. And I totally believe that that is something we should do is at whomever we're going to speak to is, do, you know, I've got an issue I would like to talk about. Do, can you listen? And mm-hmm. even let's take it one step further. Can you help me with solutions? You know, and some people are like, I don't, I can't right now. Let's hook up and we'll talk about this later. Or yes. And that allows that person the space to release whatever issues going on and then say, how can I find a solution that would work for me? And that's Mm -hmm. huge because then sometimes they sometimes also you just want to somebody to hear you. So when you're talking to somebody, it's creating Mm -hmm. that boundary and saying, I just want you to hear me out and just I'm not looking for anything else. If you've got five minutes to spare, I just want you to, you know, I had a rough day and, you know, and then or I've got an issue. Can you please help me come up with some solutions? That's huge.
0: Exactly. I'm a full agreement. When it comes to that, you know, and I think for us coaches, because we've done the work, we have the tools, we understand better how to navigate Mm -hmm. these situations. But I'm hoping that for those of you that are listening or watching that you are absorbing the information that we're sharing with you, because you don't have to be a coach. You don't have to be working with a coach. This information will still benefit you and how you engage and interact uh, in your day to day. And that's true. So, Tricia, um, we talked a little bit about your background. Uh, You talked about, you know, how you set up this Facebook group to hold space for the individuals that are empaths and, you know, inform and empower. Tell us about how you actually work with clients. Are there any program offerings that you have right now? Uh, Talk about your services.
2: I work right now one to one with clients. It is a six week package and we go through. Mindset rituals, we go through the energy aspect, and that is, and everything that I teach, because I'm a big proponent of getting back to living your life, are all quick and easy tools. And then we also handle the spiritual aspect of being an empath, and that really encompasses your intuition and trusting your intuition and learning to get back in tune with your intuition. So if you're having an issue there where you're not trusting yourself, you're not trusting that little voice that's guiding you. We definitely come up with quick and easy ways that you can learn to start trusting that, that voice again. And a big proponent is creating those boundaries because a lot of empaths love to say yes they love to say yes. And they love to help people out at the detriment of themselves and their own energy. So, mm-hmm.
0: and now do you only work
2: with women or do you also work with,
0: with male clients?
2: I work with women only women and path business owners. I work with.
0: Gotcha, you guys heard it here. Uh, Trish is offering a one-on-one. Uh, it's a holistic approach, spiritual, mental uh, intuition. I love the part about intuition because I feel as women, especially, mm-hmm. we have a strong sense of intuition, but we learn to sort of lock it away, and we don't always pay attention when it comes up. And later on, it's like, "I told you so." <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, I told you so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and what I love most about it is helping helping my clients really get clear. And knowing immediately what's not theirs and they're back to living their life instead of that deer in the headlights where there's that fear that comes over them. And it's that knowing mm-hmm. that, that knowing and that trusting and just quickly clearing it out.
0: Mm-hmm. I love the analogy, a deer in headlights, <laughs> <laughs> but also, uh, you know, you said the tools are quick and easy, right? So quick and easy tools mm-hmm that yields a big impact, big results. So you can go back to living your life. Yes. So Tricia, what is the main platform that you would like folks to connect with you on? And of course, mention any other platforms that you are up um, uh, information out on. Hope
2: <laughs> hook up with me on Facebook or on Instagram at Daika, And you can send me an email at trisha at TriciaDyka.com as well. So, but I'm definitely all over social media. I love chatting. So you can send me a message through there as well.
0: Slide into those DMs, everyone. Um, As usual, we're going to put all of the information of how to connect with Tricia in the YouTube details, in the podcast details. Tricia, any last message that you want to share with the audience?
2: Yes. Um, one One of my favorite mantras, affirmations, my beliefs, is I have fun every day. So I want I want you to pick something that is really important to you. And for me, back 10 years ago, I wasn't having fun. So I still think in my mind every morning, I am having fun every day. And I tend to laugh more and enjoy life more by doing that. So I highly recommend you take a mantra that you want and just let, let the loop go in your head and watch it change. Like For me, it's so important. I have fun every day.
0: That's a great message. You guys, you heard it here. Set up a mantra for yourself. You know I'm all about affirmations, incantations, mantras, what have you. So that is a great message that is in alignment with what I like to put out there. (laughs) Trisha, I'm so grateful for the time you spent with me today for, you know, talking about your background, your transition and what you're doing today to empower, inform and help others.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: You are welcome. All right, guys, as I always say, preparation, accountability, execution and resolve are keys to your success. Until next time. So as you know by now, we're all about informing and empowering women. Well, now there's the addition of the She Is Fab shop where there is empowered fashion, printables, journals, mugs, and face masks. Check it out at www.sheisfab.net. That way you can purchase something for the lady, woman, or girl in your
2: life. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.